How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Beso Profundo podcast. I am Jonathan. And I am Sam. And today we bring you a topic that we are very passionate about. It was actually one of the first episode ideas that we thought of when we were like coming up with the general like outline of the show and like, oh, what do we want to do? So I I can't remember what what some of the other ones are, but that's like why I chose it for this week because this one's, well, okay. It's not one of mine, but like we've been switching back and forth being like, oh yeah, you pick one and then I'll pick one. But I was like, yeah. we just like it. So this week's episode is about, I'll stop dancing around it, is Seal <laughs> with Kiss from a Rose. Yeah. Oh, so iconic. It's such a good song. I've really, mm-hmm. I've really been happy with like doing research for it because that just means we get to listen to it over and over again and then also just consume more Seal content. Right. It's funny because um, we used to listen to the song as kids. We used to listen to a lot of Seal in my house. Really? And I, yeah, my dad and my grandparents really like Seal, which I have a funny story about that yeah, go ahead. a little bit later. But I hadn't listened to this song in so long. And then when I was at your house, yeah, like a month or two ago, oh, was it when we were, on the, it. we were around the fire, right? Yeah, we were on the fire and you put it in the playlist and it played. And I was like, oh, I forgot how cool this song is. <laughs> it sounds so good. It does. And then that same night was when I brought up the pod to you. Literally, you just like surprised me with it. Because I remember we were showing you the room and everything. Like we were at the fire and then we were upstairs here well, where I am. And you were just like, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And I was like, yeah okay (laughs) hell yeah but this was one of the episodes that we first came up with it was like that same night i was like oh that would be such a sick song to deep dive into you know kiss from a rose and you were like hell yeah Yeah. oh my god yeah i i i love it it's just it's so so good i'll keep i'll keep saying that over and over again it's good it's it's super iconic and it's just it sounds super nice just because it's not only is it like kind of like a soothing song to listen to like especially when it gets mm-hmm. to like you know the intro and like the first verse but then you get to like those really high parts where you can just like belt it oh it's so fun to i sing. can't help it i on like i honestly can't help it i mean maybe if i'm like around people then whatever i'll just be like oh yeah kiss from a rose but like if i'm in the car by <laughs> myself i'll like just like with my full chest Mm-hmm. as you should honestly <laughs> oh my god <laughs> But yeah, I thought it was only appropriate that we do the episode earlier since it was one of the first ones that we came up with. So we we yeah. bring you Kiss from Rose by Seal. Yes, we do. I've been I've been watching a lot of like Seal videos lately. Well, okay, mm. lately is because of this, but still, I've been I've been I've been having a good time. With it. <laughs> <laughs> so the stuff that we're going to be going over in the episode today is even if it's just the song that we're talking about we still have to go over seal himself talk about the artist like his background his Mm -hmm. motivations for being an artist we're going to talk about this song uh like stuff about it like the uh, the genre the album it's off of awards like kind of like we did with with taylor swift um and then go into the lyrics and how we feel about it oh also the production i i feel like the Mm -hmm. production was also an important part because you added a lot to that and i didn't even know any of this i I popped into the to the to the outline i was like oh my gosh oh that part was so cool to research just like i put on my beats my noise canceling beats Mm -hmm. and i 
just kept replaying the song like blasting in my ears <laughs> and it's so, like also there were quite a few interviews where he would explain like his thought process and how well we'll get into it more but about how like if you take all the elements to the song it realistically shouldn't work together mm. and then i was like what the hell does he mean and then i like looked into each element of each part of the song that he was referring to and it's so cool but we'll get into it in a little bit in more detail but i'm very excited about today's episode yes so we are going to start out right at the foundation we can't move on with the song if we don't talk about the artist so seal seal is from london england born on february 19th 1963 i didn't know i didn't know that he was from the uk i mean granted i didn't look it up either but i don't know why i just i didn't i didn't even think of it i forgot that he was from the uk i think i automatically assumed that he was american but then i was like oh yeah no i remember now he's from london yeah you're like yeah that makes sense i i guess Maybe it's just because of the songs of his that I listen to. I can't really hear his accent. But then yeah. I watched him talking to Ellen. I saw him talking to, oh, he was just on like a an interview show like a, in a couple of months ago. And I watched that and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's like super English. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but yes, uh, he is best known for a Grammy award winning singer and songwriter with an international reach known for hits like Crazy loves divine and of course today's topic kiss from a rose mm. I, I yeah i really haven't listened to like a lot of his stuff i feel like except for the hits like i haven't dived into into his stuff but y you said that in your house you listen to seal a lot i have a fond memory of listening to seal quite a bit yeah especially like i would go to my grandparents house in maine when i was little mm -hmm. and i remember this one time where so my grandmother's name is cecile mm sometimes shortened to seal Aww. so you can oh. see where this is going yeah okay. so there was one time we were at my grandparents house in maine and my dad and my grampy had put on i don't know if it was like a live version of some seal song but they were watching him on the tv and my grandmother like was calling from the kitchen and she kept saying like who are you watching or she was saying something and my grampy kept going seal and then she's like, yeah. Oh, and he's like, no, no seal. And she's like, yeah. And he's <laughs> like, no, we're watching seal. And she's like, oh, okay. Oh, see, that just, uh, that just reminds me of the Abbott and Costello, like who's on first, what's on second. He's like, yes, <laughs> yes. I understand that. And your grandmother's like, yes, I'm seal. No seal. It was very chaotic, but I remember laughing a lot uh but yeah other than that like i'm sure i've listened to some of the hits but kiss from a rose is the one that i remember the most maybe it's because it's my favorite of his songs that i am aware of yeah um i think some of the songs of his that i listened to just because i wanted to know more about him and like more about his history and the stuff that he's put out so i listened to crazy i like that and then i also listened to because he has in total uh many albums uh he has some live albums so that'll be oh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen he has 14 and some some of them are like just deluxe albums like they're they're, they're the they're the better version <laughs> mm. um but yeah like off of his first album I, I really liked killer crazy uh and deep water like those those ones are like really stand out mm. but 
Seal, growing up, he wasn't always, I don't want to say he wasn't always interested in being a singer, but he definitely had very unstable origins. He was raised in foster care uh, for a time before being reunited with his mother when he was four. Uh, around the time when he was six, his mother was sent back to Nigeria and he continued living with his father. But unfortunately, as he described in some of his interviews, his father was very difficult and physically abusive. Um, he fled home as a teenager and only returned to take his dad's ashes back to Nigeria. Um, mm. In an interview, Seal briefly reflected on his unstable upbringing, saying, My childhood was fractured. It was filled with violence and abuse and a complete and utter lack of love, he stated. Uh, I became a kid who lived in his head because I had to create an alternate reality for myself. Oh, so sad. I know. Just going back and forth, like the, his turbulent childhood, going from living with his parents, his parents splitting, being with his mother, his mother being sent away, then with his dad. It's really, it's, it's, it's really crazy. And foster care. I don't know how the foster care system is in the UK, but I know in the US it's a mess. So I can't even imagine how growing up in foster care is. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't imagine that it's I, yeah. I, I, very good either way because it, it, it is foster care. I mean, people do their best, but, um, yeah. but I guess it wasn't all bad because from what i saw is that um the the first inklings of his musical career and his talent and affinity for music uh, came when he sang i can see clearly now by johnny nash at a school concert at age 11. Uh, he said my parents had never heard me sing before there wasn't a great deal of communication in the house there was this really cool teacher whose name is mr wren who i idolized i certainly didn't idolize my father and he always used to say you've got a really good voice I wouldn't really take his word for it, but he got me to sing on stage. I remember closing my eyes and singing, and at the end of it, everyone's clapping, and I opened my eyes and I knew that there was a look of disbelief on my parents' faces. And at that point, I knew. So it's in the way that he even describes it. Oh, it was on the Kelly Clarkson show that I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, yes. the one I, I think it was five months ago, he was on the Kelly Clarkson show. And yeah, he just described it as that, like, yeah, even his parents were stunned and they were... Not in like a bad way, like, oh, how could he hide this from us? They were like, wow, you're really talented. That's so interesting that it wasn't until he was like age 11, because I feel like most kids start singing, at least for fun, or like around the house when they're like three, four, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, but I guess if he was like in and out of living with different family members and they probably didn't hear him sing. Right. I, I, they they didn't hear him sing. His creativity and just maybe sense of self was, was kind of stifled. And it's... Like he says, it's it's all thanks to his teacher. And that's like a really a testament of just because obviously, you know, being being at school every day, his music teacher saw that in him. And I don't know what really gave it away, but his teacher like cultivated it and, and allowed that to blossom. He'd be like, you should really do it. You should really put yourself out there. And without this Mr. Wren, we wouldn't we wouldn't have Seal. Kiss, Kiss from a Rose wouldn't have been in Batman forever. <laughs> oh, thank you, Mr. Wren. Thank you, Mr. Wren. Um, but to, to date, uh, Seal has won three Brit Awards, four Grammy Awards, and an MTV Video Music Award. He's also been a coach on The Voice Australia in 2012, 2013, and 2017, which is, that that is a lot. I wonder, I wonder what all those awards are for. Like, are they just for his single, or are they for just in general? Like, hey, Seal, we just think you're great. We just think you should have these. 
Here you go. I think I think in general he I know he has I believe three of the four Grammy Awards from Kiss from a Rose, which we'll get more into as well. But I'm not sure about the other awards what he won them for, but I would not be surprised if they were for other singles and stuff that he's put out over the years. Oh yeah, but three out of four Grammys for one song? That just goes to show how good it is. I know, right? <laughs> he's also uh currently on tour, I found out. He's not in America anymore. But he is in, he's making his way through Europe. Um, it's for the 30 year anniversary of his first two albums. And I think, yeah, his second album is the one that has Kiss from a Rose on it because he thought yes. it was like very sappy and very romantic and it just didn't fit. So he took it and tossed it in a corner for years before it was like uncovered by his producer. So because of those first two albums, he is on his 30 year anniversary which is a long time when you think about it like to yeah. be like to be like doing music and to still be in the public eye and successful like that's just that's just insane he's like yeah so 19, 1963 how old is he so 63 70 80 90 2000 2010 he's six, 60 years old is that is that right i'm like I'm, yeah. I'm i'm literally counting math on my fingers 63 73 83 93 2003 2023 yes he's 60 there we he go he does not look 60 to no, me no he looks younger than that seal has looked i feel like he's looked the same for the last like 20 something years Mm-hmm. i agree and what so what i learned is that you know obviously we don't see we know what seal looks like you know the like the scars on his face like you know he just has like, those, yeah like, apparently those are for from lupus oh he has lupus yeah yeah seal has lupus it's something that oh i did not know that yeah it was something that he was initially like really sensitive about because he ha he's had it since his 20s so he's had lupus for a really long time like it's not like a new development but obviously mm. like facial scarring it made him like very self-conscious but he's become apparently like more accepting and like more comfortable with it because it's like so iconic and like his look like people can instantly recognize him because no one else looks like him and i guess yeah. because of that it, people are able to know that it's him so it's he's become a lot more comfortable over time oh well that's good oh that's so scary though lupus is a very very scary disease I, so I, I hope yeah i really don't he's in remission and stuff i really don't know much about it but so because i guess there's like two kinds like there's one that affects the organs which is the one that's really detrimental um and i think he was actually quoted saying that he got off easy with the type of lupus that he has um which really only mm. affected prominently his face but interesting i'm pretty sure he's he's generally okay but yeah, I, I don't know a lot about lupus. I don't either. All I know is that it's just an autoimmune disorder. Oh, uh, that's Selena right. Gomez has it. She I does? think it affects her. She does, yes. Um, that's why she needed a kidney transplant years ago. Oh. It affects her kidneys very heavily, I believe. Maybe that's just the one that affects the organs more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's literally like me researching seals. I, I, I saw that like there's like multiple kinds and he has one that's like not as severe. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. Oh, yeah, me neither. Well, I hope he's doing better. I mean, it seems like he is since he's like touring and stuff. Oh, yeah. So that's good. Same thing for Selena Gomez. Hope she's doing okay. Yeah. But uh, the song, um, like I said, it's off Seal 2, released in 1994, and it was included in the film NeverEnding Story 3. Yeah, I didn't know that either until I was researching for this. I'm going to be honest. I've never seen any of the NeverEnding stories. Oh, no, me neither. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I was I was like waiting for like heavy backlash. Like, I'm so sorry. Because I know, I know people really like them. And especially the people who most recently watched Stranger Things. Because I know 
what is the character? I think it's, is it Dustin? Oh, uh, turn around. Yeah. Look at what you see. Yeah. So like they, I, the... they sing it from oh, Never yeah. Ending Story. So I know people watched the movies because of that. Cause they're like, oh, what is Never Ending Story? What is, what is this small child with a beautiful voice singing? He's also in Sweeney mm-hmm. Todd. Do you know that? Yes. I've been dying to see that. Oh my God. If I miss it with him and Annalie Ashford and Josh Groban, <laughs> I'm going to be livid. It sounds so good. <laughs> but I, I didn't even know he was in it until I saw the scene where they're like, where they're like announcing Sweeney Todd. Like, you know, the, you know, the part where it's like, what is, how does it go? Like something in his eye was odd. Um, Here's a tale of Sweeney, tale, Sweeney Todd. Todd. Yes. And then. <laughs> it's my Sweeney Todd voice. <laughs> Fan, fantastic. Sam, you, you can play, you. You can play the, uh, the, the role of, of Sweeney's wife. Just. Thank you. Batshit crazy from asbestos roaming the streets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But um, yeah, like I, I I saw that and I was like, oh my god, hey, it's you! And then mm-hmm. sidebar, check that out. It's really good. And yeah. I, and also never ending story. And then tell me how it is because I don't know when I watch it. Yeah, I'm probably I should probably watch never ending story. I feel like actually my family has it on DVD. I mean, not that I have a DVD player anymore, but if we had it on DVD and I I don't know how I've never seen it. Maybe I watched it and I fell asleep. Does your does your laptop or computer have a disk drive? Mm-mm. My brother has an external one though. I might steal. Yeah, just keep just keep stealing his things, like the uh, like the microphone isolation DVD player. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, that I have to steal. Oh yeah. Yeah, but I did not know it was included in the Neverending Story. I actually didn't know that it was re- released a year later in '95 as part of the third installment of the Batman franchise, Batman Forever, which stars Val Kilmer. See, I did not know that. Right, because it, it was originally supposed to be over the, the romance scene between Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer. But the the director, Joel Schumacher, he was like, ah, it doesn't fit. But I still really like the song, so I'll put it on the credits. And like I've watched Batman Forever. I think it's just because I just peace out before the credits happen. So I just didn't know. Oh, okay. I've seen that movie a couple of times, and I'm just like, all right, movie's done. See you later. (laughs) See, I've never seen Batman Forever, so yeah. But I probably wouldn't have stayed until the credits either. No, exactly. It's like it it wraps up. I'm I'm out. But uh, it's it's good. I, I like I like Batman Forever. I don't know if I like that one more or what's the one with what's his name who plays Beetlejuice. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, he has a very scary face. Yes. I know who you're talking about, but I don't remember his name. Oh my god! Uh, let me actually look this up. Beetlejuice actor, because it's going to just absolutely destroy me. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton has a very mm. spooky face. Yes. Yes. Uh, I I don't know which one I like more, Michael Keaton's Batman or Val Kilmer. They're both very good. But that's I need just... to step up my superhero game. I uh, should probably watch it. I know, I know. Classic Marvel movies. We can do. We can do a watch party. Also, have you have you caught up with like the the, yeah. the Marvels, D, uh, not DCEU. Oh Jesus, that's a disaster. Like, have you seen the M- <laughs> MCEU? Like those movies? No, I haven't. Samantha, I am. I know. Well, okay. So here's what happened. I was not very much into superheroes as a child, so I never really watched any of the movies growing up, and then when disney bought marvel and they like made a whole bunch of new movies Mm -hmm. i didn't watch them because i was like oh well i haven't watched the first ones that came out ages ago and then i like it just kept like piling up and piling up you're like i don't and now we're on like avengers like 
Endgame six and a half or something, and I'm like, I haven't even seen the original Avengers, so I can't watch Endgame because dear, I dear audience, don't know. Please do not come after Samantha. Does not know <laughs> what she said. It's okay. You can you can come for me. It's all right. I know I have to watch them. They're really, I'm a bit embarrassed. That that's okay. They're very good. My favorite's Thor. So just that's my Thor. that's my two cents. I think I would like Spider Man a lot. Oh, mostly uh, because I just love Zendaya. Oh, because she plays uh, Mary Jane. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That, yeah. We, we, we should watch them. It, it'll be really cool. We will. But anyways, we're <laughs> starting to talk about Batman and Super. <laughs> we got away from Seal, the real hero Sorry, here. listeners. That's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That, that, this is how we're weeding out the true fans. If they stuck around, then. True. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yes, the song went to the top of the charts in both the U.S. and Australia. Top 10 in Canada, France, Iceland, and Norway. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1996 Grammys, Seal 1 Record of the Year, Song of the Year, and Best Male Pop Vocal. So 95 and 96 just really popping off for Seal, I guess. He wrote the song in 1987 and told Genius he was never really proud of it. Kind of like I said earlier, like he just sort of like tossed it in the corner. Um, Mm -hmm. It was so self-conscious that he threw the tape in the corner. I just said the same thing as the notes uh, and didn't show it to his producer (laughs) until recording sessions began for his second LP, Seal 2. But as far as the content of the song lyrics go... He encourages listeners to derive their own meaning from the track, even if he had certain intentions with it at the time, because people are like, what is the gray? What is what what are the meanings of this? Why are you singing what to this? What is the rose? Exactly. What is the what is the rose? Why are you singing to this woman in a recording studio? And why does she leave? <laughs> These are all questions that we have. But for as far as Seal goes, um, I was just in me and can, you know, consuming as much seal content as i can get um aside from watching i typed in seal and it was just like hey do you want to see a seal pup swim in the water for the first time oh yeah i do super cute i know and then another one was like hey do you want to see a seal get scared of a man who kayaks past him on an iceberg it's really funny (laughs) but so he played at the wang theater in boston recently you can watch it on youtube he's still fantastic Mm. uh there was also a video I should have linked it to you because it's I, we we can watch it after this. But so there's a popular show on YouTube, and it takes place in Amoeba Music in Los Angeles, and the show is called What's in My Bag, and it's where celebrities, you know, as they're shopping, like someone will come up to them and be like, "Hey, what's it?" Literally, just <laughs> it's that self-explanatory. I don't know why I'm making it seem like it's a no- novel idea. They'll just be like, "Hey, <laughs> Matt Berry, Seal." Metallica, what's in your bag? And then they'll take out all the records that they have and explain them. But what I learned from this is that Seal really likes Alice in Chains. Oh, sick. Yeah, he goes on for like six minutes, like just talking about how great Alice in Chains is and like <laughs> how, how their music changed him. So I was like, that is like the, of this like really awesome like singer, R&B singer. I was like, wow, all right. Hell yeah, mm. dude, Alice in Chains. And then the video that I sent you of Jack Black. Oh my god, I loved it. Uh, so funny. Like I, I didn't even, I didn't even expect to find it. I literally just looked up Seal interviews, and it was from 2007. And that's how you know it's old because Ryan Seacrest comes on. And he's like, "All right, hey, what's going on, everybody? We're gonna, we're gonna have someone from the audience come up and announce the next act." It's like on American Idol, I think. Yeah, like literally, it has um. It has Simon Cowell. 
Paula Abdul. Paula Abdul and is it and Randy? Randy Jackson. Randy Jackson. Yeah. yeah. So it's like the the a classic iconic layout for for mm-hmm. american idol and they're like oh we're gonna go by seat order and so they name the seat and you just hear jack black go yes and he marches up on stage <laughs> and he says get out of here crusty and he pushes ryan seacrest gently away and he leaves and then he does his own rendition of kiss from a rose and you just see kyle gas like holding a rose to his chest in the audience like oh my god it was so funny i watched it today for the first time i i feel like i probably watched it when it aired because i was absolutely obsessed with american idol my whole family was when it was like super popular in the early 2000s that's all that was on television at some point Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember in like fourth grade when my parents let me get an email address, I would like wa- go home from school, watch American Idol that night. And then in the commercials, I would run over to the house computer and like send an email to my friends and being like, do you guys think David Archuleta is going to win? And then I would send the email. <laughs> David Archuleta comes <laughs> and then back. I would watch. <laughs> David Archuleta is going to be in every episode of Base Over Fundo because I, I just love him. But I probably watched this like I do. <laughs> I still have the ticket stub from his concert. No, I went you to don't. The Blues in like 2009. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was a Christmas show. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but anyways, I love Jack Black. And this was so, so funny. I just, what a gem. Oh, one of my own personal heroes. I love him. I, I love his energy. I love his movies. Kung Fu Panda is mm-hmm. the best trilogy. Well, okay. I don't say the best trilogy because Shrek 2 is the best sequel, but Damn it, Kung Fu Panda is great, and you can't change my mind. I'll fight people yeah. over this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uppercut to the jaw. Skadoosh. Uh, Sam, <laughs> do you want to start us off with the lyrics and how we I do. root down and get all nestled and try to figure out what's going on with the song? Yes. So something interesting is that Seal said in an interview with Genius back in 2015 that he, quote, has avoided explaining these lyrics for over 25 years. I am not going to start doing it now. <laughs> he's like, he's like, don't even ask. I, I don't want to explain so it. He's so real for that. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Um, so the first interesting lyrics that stuck out to me, I mean, I think the entire song is just full of lyrics where it's basically like, huh, what, this could mean a slew of things. Mm-hmm. But the ones that stood out to me first was the pre-chorus and the chorus, which very quickly the pre-chorus is, but did you know that when it snows, my eyes becomes my eye, Jesus, my eyes become large and the light that you shine can't be seen. And then baby. it goes, baby. I can pay you to a kiss from a rose. rose. And that's when you start headbanging. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Sorry. The spirit took me. I know, right? Ooh, the more I get of you, the stranger it feels. feels, Yeah. 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 And now that your rose is in bloom, a light hits the gloom gloom on the gray. gray. So I listen to these lyrics and I'm like, my first question is, what is a gray what is a gray what is the what is gray? a gray because i feel like when i think like i know what gray is it's a color but like what I'll, is a gray also know? it's a very hot pointed point of contention because is it spelled with an a or is it spelled with an e i t- i type right. it i type it with an e but autocorrect is like you're stupid it's with an a obviously 
<laughs> I typed it with an E too, and and all of the grays that I wrote in the document we have all are, of them have the little squiggly red line underneath. See, I fold, like, I fold, dumbass. I folded. I was like autocorrect. You're probably right. It is I who is the brain dead chimp. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they also spell they spell it G R E Y in the lyrics, at least according to Genius. Yeah, it's not wrong. It's fine. Yeah, but so I was curious, and I looked up on Merriam-Webster definitions of gray, and I got three different answers, among some other things. Dictionary Corner Part 2 from last episode, we looked up hoax, and now we're looking up gray. (gasps) Hell yeah. (gasps) So the first definition is, of course, of the color. Gray, the color, in between black and white. Gray is one of my favorite colors, actually. Really? Um, yeah. I just, it's so neutral. It goes with everything. Mm. I know a lot of people see gray as like a sad color. Kind of like that. Remember the episode of uh, Fairly Odd Parents where Timmy wishes everyone's the same and everyone's gray blobs? Oh, and they're all gray blobs. Mm-hmm. I'm grayer and blobbier than you. That gave me Twilight Zone vibes. It was that super, super weird. Yeah. So the second definition is lacking cheer or brightness in mood, outlook, style, or flavor. And the third definition is having an intermediate and often vaguely defined position, condition, or character. And like like a, like a gray area or the gray Jedi, which apparently aren't canon, but that's a whole different argument. <laughs> to argue with Freddie Prince Jr., not me. He's very passionate about it, but... Mm-hmm. So now that we know that there's a few different meanings of gray, mm-hmm. then my second question is, what the hell is the rose? Because obviously a rose is a flower. It's a color again. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it could be so many different things. So the way that I interpreted, for example, the lyric, kiss from a rose on the gray. Roses are soft. They're light. They're pretty. So perhaps kiss from a rose is referencing something intimate like a kiss or something beautiful and light like a rose and on a gray could be referencing a dullness or lack of cheer in a variety of different ways so so yeah so what you're saying is that this rose whoever and whatever it is it is bringing light and life to seal or not necessarily seal but the singer's life right my hypothesis because I'm a scientist. Aha. I believe that I compare you to a kiss from a rose on a gray Ooh. is synonymous with a fond comparison of this person who is bright, who is beautiful and radiant in or on a rather dull part of life, be it character, style, mood, etc. And like you said, coming from the perspective of whoever is singing the song, be it Seal or somebody else. Yeah. Um, and for, for me, mine mainly bounced off of yours because I was like doing the thing where I'm like scratching the top of my head with one finger and I'm just like, uh-huh, like the Tim Allen full time <laughs> sound. Um, but yeah, I was like, yeah, I agree. I would think that the rose would not only bring the imagery of life, but also color and fond feelings, such as his life was gray and pallid before, but having this other in... Uh, a rose may refer to love or blush like because mm. a kiss could also be interpreted in a different way like oh her her uh, her skin was kissed by the sun which means you have a tan or like oh true yeah and i guess like if something is is like sun kissed it typically it's brown like you have like brown hair or eyes mm-hmm. which i also looked at uh, or perhaps she brings a radiance into his life that 
as you said, brings brings in the light. Kind of mm. like I think it's in verse two, where he says, uh, "There's a." Oh no, it's it's verse one. A graying tower alone on the sea, like a lighthouse, and he became the light. Mm. Uh huh. True. That was another one where I was like, "What the hell is a graying tower alone on the sea?" But honestly, a lighthouse makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a lighthouse. It just I don't know why yeah. automatically just makes me think of uh, the Bioshock games because lighthouses fe- feature very heavily in there. So like right mm-hmm. away, I was like, oh, "It's the lighthouse," which is also <laughs> what movie is that where it has um. Oh my God! Who's the guy who plays the Green Goblin? Willem Dafoe. Oh, Willem Dafoe. Uh, is it the Lighthouse or is it Seagull? <laughs> I'm not sure to be. I honest. just know that they play old crusty men in a lighthouse, and it's like black and white. That's also. Oh, where, fun! Yeah, that's also where my brain is going. I'm sorry. I'm very, very cracked out at the moment. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> I'm like getting stretched in ten different directions. I'm like, do you know this reference? And you're like, haha. No. <laughs> <laughs> the only lighthouse I'm picturing in my head is the inside of the lighthouse in Club Penguin that you can go into. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and you like play a game at the top or something. I don't know why Club Penguin is like the first one that popped into no, my head. I love, I love Club Considering Penguin. we grew up surrounded by lighthouses, so I don't know why Club Penguin was yeah, the first, first one. First place you go, and you're like, oh yeah, I tipped the iceberg. I was at the lighthouse. Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so that is our interpretation of like what the gray is. It's just, mm-hmm. it gives this man's life purpose. Everything was dull before and this other person is like, hey, and then makes him feel good. Uh, but verse two, though, there is so much a man can tell you, so much he can say. You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. To me, you're like a growing addiction that I can't deny. Won't you tell me? said healthy babe did you know that that when, when it, it snows, snows oh so good i just want to scream sing it top of my lungs baby. first let's just keep singing i can pay you to a kiss from a rose on a gray that's that's see that's that's my favorite part it's just like the ooze. yeah like like right when that first one hits it's like yes i'm ready to go i like his first Baby, this is so grungy. It's, it's powerful. So... Mm-hmm. Lights the fire. Oh in my gosh! Belly. Yeah. <laughs> but so verse verse two is interesting too. Yeah, I feel like that one's a little bit more straightforward when it comes to the interpretation of the lyrics, just because we're not trying to decipher and pick apart what exactly the gray is. So he, he's obviously saying there's so much a man can tell you, so much he can say. It's you know, he wants to express his feelings. You, are, you remain my power, my pleasure, my pain. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's really the the interpretive part. Like, he remain my power. Like, he feels like on top of cloud nine, he feels his best, my pleasure. And it can go a couple of different ways, but it makes this other person makes makes them feel good and my pain. You, mm-hmm. t- you take the good and the bad. That's how I interpret it. Like... Right. Not everything can be perfect all the time, but it's it's the pain part. And when you stick around is maybe what makes the, the power and pleasure more meaningful. Yeah. And the next the next line to me, you're like a growing addiction that I can't deny. I feel like that ties back in with some of the lyrics in verse one where he says love remained a drug that's the high and not the pill oh yeah so it's like love is the drug q kesha your love is my drug love your love your love love, love is my my drug drug. 
Great song. And the growing addiction that he can't deny is this love that's the high and not the pill. Interesting. Mm. I like that line a lot. No drugs necessary. He's just on top of the world, on top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. That's really It's fun. very nice. So, Sam. Yes. What was your favorite part? Like you said, it was like that first baby. Like you're like, baby. Oh, I, I got to say, I love so many parts of this song. Obviously. Obviously. We've talked about how just fantastic this song <laughs> is. But I think my favorite part is the chorus. Because I feel like his voice combined with the heavy emphasis on beat one, it's it feels like a headbanging song. Like, like i want i like sort of want to like you can't see us headbanging but we are we're like yeah we're like doing it to the beat listeners we're headbanging yeah (laughs) i think i think it's funny because like both you and i can like see each other but so like yeah (laughs) when it comes to like the physical aspect we're like all right and now it's (laughs) like radio drama (laughs) we're like narrating what we're doing yes um and also i love the harmonies in the chorus Oh, like, oh it's just it's so good i also enjoy the bridge a lot with what's the, the, what's the bridge it's like i've been kissed by a rose on a grave yeah. but it's like ah, 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 mm-hmm. ah. it's like it's like the vocal layering is so cool and it just builds and builds and builds throughout the song it's just I just love all of it. That, I can't wait to talk about the production. Uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> that part of the bridge, I, I really enjoyed because it was like sort of isolated. Well, isolated in the way that like it's just his voice on that part with just with the a, vocals, yeah. The instruments, and that's also what I enjoyed about like the opening is because right when it comes in, he just keeps like adding stuff. Like first, it comes in with like what is it like the piano. And the alto sax, and then the, the schwam, which I didn't even know what a schwam was. Like you put that in the production part, and I was like, "What the hell? What is a schwam?" <laughs> yeah. So I just I but I love that. What was your favorite part? My favorite part, always the chorus, always and forever mm-hmm. the chorus when he hits that baby. Oh my god! Like I said, I just want to like I can picture myself driving down the the highway and just belting that part mm-hmm. but i only <laughs> i really like i only really do it in the car because like i like singing and i think it's fun but i am i'm very shy i'm like very shy and very bashful like when it comes yeah <laughs> you know it's when you, something about me that's that's really <laughs> it's kind of stupid but and i've told i think i've told derek before and just like in tom and whatever these people that are around like if i'm ever just like if we're ever at camp and i'm just like singing don't point it out or else i'll stop like if you're like oh that sounds good i'll immediately stop okay good to know yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know why <laughs> like if i'm into it i'll be like oh sam this is really cool and like we sing to it if if i'm just like doing it and like randomly you're like oh wow i'll just be like huh, and then <laughs> i don't know just general anxiety mm. i always wanted to but it's it's fine but yeah uh also the like the second run through of the chorus like when he goes the more i get at you the stranger, stranger feels. Feels. Yeah. yeah and then the second one it has like the like the pitched up yeah like right in the background oh that's a good i part. like that i don't know i don't know why that part specifically i like where it goes yeah yeah oh I like that. (laughs) (laughs) I like doing that part too. So good. Uh, Also, just the fact that like the quality of Seal's voice, it's kind of like deeper and like very very smooth, but also he has like this rasp 
to it. It's not mm. it's not a gravelly voice, like it's not a gravelly growly kind of voice. It's just It's very sultry. Yes, it's very sultry. I just want to hear just want to hear him sing all the time. Me too. It's made especially prevalent uh when he hits the falsetto in the song Killer. Like he goes up into like Ooh. that really high head voice. Oh. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Listen to Killer. It's 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 Killer. It's killer. Ha 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 Okay, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Let's get out of here. Bye. All right, we're done. Yes. Oh, man. So I believe we've reached your favorite part, Sam. The production. How do we make the song? What is it a part of? What are the aspects creatively? Because I feel like I feel like you're more you're more creative than me. Like you're very like you can be like oh I don't think so. I don't know. You are a published artist on Spotify. Check it out. Something saucy, Sam. Right now. Oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you for the shout out. No, I think you're very creative as well. Like this whole thing is super creative. Oh no, yeah. Like we're we we are creatives and we're like making something. But I don't know. Like I feel like what. In some of our other in our other episodes, I feel like I've I've looked at things very how they're structured, like lyrically, what is written down, and then also on the flip, you're looking at things like interpretively, like sound. Even when we were talking about Taylor Swift, you were like, yeah, you know, if if it doesn't have the right sound then you can't really get into the lyrics. Mm-hmm. You feel you feel more right-brained and I feel more left-brained in, mm. our, in our dealings. I, 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 I've noticed. It's funny because uh, Speak Now, Taylor's version came out on Friday. Just came out. Hell yeah, it did. And she released, in addition to Speak Out, Taylor's version, like I think six or eight vault songs, something like that. Oh, she and has a vault? Yeah, she has a vault like of songs that she wrote back when she wrote the albums. And they just didn't make but, it? Yeah, they didn't make the cut. So now she's re-releasing like basically every song she's ever written, which is oh, fantastic. So those are like completely so, fresh. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, no, it is. To- these songs are like brand new. Well, they're old, but they're brand new to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a good time to be a Swifty. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's always a good time to be a Swifty. <laughs> but I knew so many people on Friday that were like, these are the best vault songs that she's come out with. They're better than Red. They're better than Fearless. And I was like, hell f- effing yeah. I don't know if we swear on here. We, Probably. We, we do. Fuck yeah, we do. Hell fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, Sam. And so I was so excited. So I listened to the vault songs and I got like halfway through and I was like, I don't like these very much. These do not tickle my peach. What? And so the, wait, no, we're not just gonna walk past that. What did you say? Tickle my peach. Isn't I, that what it is? No. I, I don't know. I've never <laughs> heard it? that before. Okay. Uh, Seriously? Uh, I think that's a that's a PG version of Tickle My Pickle. Oh, <laughs> Oh my god! I'm sorry. That just—I—I I couldn't. My brain was like, "What was that?" That probably was the PG version because I can picture like my my parents who they didn't shelter me, but like no. they didn't like me around inappropriate stuff growing up. I can, being I can like, see that. "No, no, it's not tickle your pickle. It's tickle your peach." Tickle and I'm like, peach. "Okay." Uh, well, and plus, like, I I can't imagine your parents doing any. I can't picture your parents cursing. And I think I've heard like Stacy swear once at Mighty Joe, and I was like, oh, yeah. "I didn't know you do that." Yeah, it's very cute when she when she swears though, because she's like, you know, 
Yeah, no, just, just so little. The, the 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 please, very very sweet. Yeah, love you, Stacy and Dan. Yeah, but I was frustrated because I was like, why does everybody like these vault songs, and I just think they're okay. And I was texting our group chat about it, and Stevie's like, listen to the lyrics. The lyrics are fantastic, <laughs> and I'm like, why can't I just listen to the lyrics when I listen to music? You just like I, to vibe. I always have to listen. I do, and if the vibe's not there, then I just can't. I don't know what it is. It's very frustrating. I, I don't know why. I picture you as you know that one gif of Lisa Simpson where she has like her arms up and she's like dancing like that. Yes. Yeah, that's I don't know why that's this that's just how I, I I picture you like when you're like listening to music. You're just like you're just going with the flow. I do. I do vibe. But yeah, so this part was really interesting for me to research because I mean the song is just so fantastic and the production behind it is just baffling there's a lot so, there's a lot more than i thought there was gonna be like i me too i couldn't find a lot about the production but then like i came into the document and i was just like whoa like i i came home from work and there was just this wall of text i'm like oh my god sam went off <laughs> i did go a little bit off i found this one interview with dcp entertainment Ooh. i can't remember when it's from but Seal basically said there is, quote, a blissful ignorance with Kiss from a Rose in that if you look to all the elements to it, it shouldn't work. And I was like flabbergasted yeah, by like, that what statement that mean? because I was like, what does that mean? Yeah. It shouldn't work. It works. So it's then, the song. Right. And the song is fantastic. And it's such like such a statement in the music industry. So then he goes on to say in that same interview that the song has mad madrigal madrigal i don't know why that's hard for me to say madrigal medieval melody combined with a waltz because it's in three four and an r&b feel not have picked up on that like the three four waltz yeah and so he said these like three things and i'm like oh these would be so fun to look into so i my first question or I guess my third question, because my first two were in the lyrics section. My third question <laughs> of this research was, what is a madrigal? Madrigal? Why can't I not Welcome say that? To the family, madrigal. Oh, right. Okay, madrigal. That's immediately what came up when I looked at madrigal, because I was like, oh my God. Me wait. too. Yeah, I was just like, oh, this is a lot of encanto. Yeah. Also, I love, love that movie. It makes me cry. Oh, I still haven't seen it. I've listened to some of the soundtrack, but uh, I still really Sam, need to watch it. Sam, we're doing Disney episodes. Come on. I know. I will watch it for that, and I will watch the MCU Oh, Okay, the, the MCU is less pressing, but Encanto, oh my God. I am a big blubbering baby, and I cry so much at all of them. Same thing that happened with Coco. No, it's not It's not a me- Oh, well, it, okay, oh I, just, I love that movie. Oh, it's so good. Like, the stuff with his grandmother and i was weeping i think that's the one movie Mm -hmm. that i cried harder than caitlin did no way oh my god it wounded me (laughs) (laughs) but i'm sorry continue with with oh no no totally fine yes so i looked up madrigal so it is a part song for several voices, especially one of the Renaissance period, typically arranged in elaborate counterpoint and without instrumental accompaniment. Originally used as a genre of 14th century Italian songs, the term now usually refers to English or Italian songs of the late 16th and early 17th century and a freestyle strongly influenced by the text. And that is from Oxford Dictionary. Mm. And I was like, okay. So then I started to break down the song in terms of this 
sort of madrigal medieval melody that he's talking about. And, you know, I was thinking it is very vocal heavy, as we were saying earlier, especially the bridge, like, the background vocals, all the, the layering, layering in the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like you said, a lot of the parts, the vocals are isolated. So it feels like that madrigal because it's without instrumental accompaniment. It's just like layers and layers of vocals. It's so good. Oh my gosh. I, 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 I love it. Um, oh, also on the topic of uh, madrigal, madrigal, either way, uh, good versions of this song that I really like. Uh, there's a couple of different versions. There's ones done by Rush. So Rush does madrigal. And then also, uh, I'm pretty sure the the band nsp their comedy band ninja sex party but they go by nsp because it's shorter um, i saw them at the house of blues they were fantastic oh yeah we were up in the upper mez there's this, there was this one moment where they were i think they were doing uh the song dinosaur laser fight uh and everyone had their cell phone flashlights turned on and like they were like waving them to the beat of the song and you looked out and it was just like a sea of stars it was amazing oh yeah so cool nsp uh, they do comedy music and they also do uh, covers but so they covered the song madrigal and both are great i would really recommend checking them out the band yes also has a song of the same title it's unrelated to the medieval melody though it, it's just good it, it, it features really heavily uh harpsichord and guitar that's interesting because harpsichord is one of the instruments that i kept reading that was super popular in the renaissance era yeah in addition to some other ones kiss from a rose in the beginning it's very heavy well, on the vocals, but also on the alto sax, guitar, and piano. Mm -hmm. And to me, the guitar is light and airy, and it sounds really similar to a lute, mm -hmm. which was another popular instrument in medieval times. Right. So I'm wondering if that's sort of where that medieval aspect comes in. And the alto sax in the beginning, to me, I kept thinking it was an oboe, because it's sort of like this razor-sharp, heavy-hitting, yeah. like interesting sound it does not sound like a saxophone to me but the oboe is an ancestor of the sham 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 I, I think it's sham i think it's sham because it's s-h-a-w-m sham yeah so that's a double reed instrument and that was also popular during the renaissance era so all of these like instrument combos i think just add to that sort of medieval melodic line that he's talking about mm -hmm. which is super cool but i don't know if they actually used a sham or an oboe in the song but i did read that there was alto sax so i'm assuming that's what the beginning instrument is the little yeah 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 I, I just assumed it was an oboe because i don't know it it, it reminded me did you ever watch like, did your school ever bring you to a showing of, what is it, like, Peter and the Wolf? Yes. We performed it in elementary school. Oh, you school. did? Okay. You were a... Yeah. Man. I was. I think I was a bird. Oh, okay. What 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 instrument did you play? Oh, I played the trumpet. Oh, that's a, a trumpet for... That's a fat bird. No. <laughs> I, think, I think the bird's instrument was the flute. Okay. But I can't remember... I feel like we had some people that played the instruments and then other people were like the characters or whatever. Oh, I could be completely wrong, no. but I have fond memories about the birds. Yeah. So maybe. See, that makes sense. Like when, when we watched uh, Peter and the Wolf, it was, it was like a live 
orchestra or like because they were in the pit and it was like a video of peter and the wolf like it had like actors and like puppets and stuff and like they just played over it so that but that's that's mm. really cool that yours, yours was like live yeah i mean we weren't very good we were like nine and ten and we had just started our instruments yeah exactly so that's... it was probably terrible no i mean <laughs> but... it was better than mine like i i wasn't i didn't do peter and the wolf but i played the hell out of a recorder it was red plastic oh hell and it was yeah badass you know, recorders were also a very popular instrument in the Renaissance era. Really? Yeah, which I didn't know. And I was like, wait, are they mean like a clarinet? But they're literally like a wooden recorder. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> what what um what animal was the oboe? Was that the duck? Oh, I think so. Because I'm pretty sure the French horn was the wolf. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's just as far as I remember. But the the, the sham and the, it sounds like an oboe yes so the sham is basically like another double reed instrument mm -hmm. very popular during the renaissance era and i don't know that's what it reminds me of in like whatever that whatever instrument that is be it an oboe or an alto sax but it reminds me of a sham or what i think a sham would sound like <laughs> but the other interesting thing that he mentioned was the fact that the song is a waltz mm. So it's in 3-4 time, which basically means that there's three beats in a measure. Could you could you do a, a three-fourths beat? I don't know if that's possible. Yes. Uh, one, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Yes. Listeners, Jonathan is waltzing in his seat. Yes, I'm doing I'm doing a little dance as if I'm I am directing my ballroom accompaniment. Yes. And the thing about waltzes is that it's in three, four time, but the emphasis is on beat one. So it's like one, two, three, one, two, three. And that's where that step, step close comes from when you're like dancing the waltz. So it is very interesting that there's this component of medieval melodic sounds mixed with this sort of waltz that's was popular in like the 1800s. And it's waltzes are generally very orchestral, but I was also reading that Florida, surprisingly and strangely, was on the forefront of ballroom dance in the U.S. And the waltz, they most likely believe, came to Florida in the early 1820s. But by the 1840s and 1850s, the waltz was well-loved across the U.S. And there are some really well-known waltzes that some of you probably are familiar with. Moon River by Henry Mancini, mm -hmm. the Minute Waltz by Frederick Chopin, and Swan Lake by, um, I don't know how to say his first name, Tchaikovsky. <laughs> Tchaikovsky. All, all of our listeners know, of course, because they're very cultured. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But so I thought that was really interesting. And I think the three, four, the waltzy sort of feel of the song, it just adds so much. I didn't notice until you pointed it out, just like by the structure of the song. And until, you know, you were like, oh, yeah, it does like the three, four. It follows like this very specific like rhythm and, and scheme I, like i listened to it again i think i listened to it like twice before i was like oh my god yeah it does huh mm -hmm. yeah it's super funky and that mixed with his vocals which just feel very r&b and that's sort of what he said as well they feel i mean seal's known for his soul pop and r&b genres but his voice that sultry that deep soul it just mashes so well but also so strangely with 
the waltz and the medieval like instrumentation of it. So I totally get what he means now when he says that when looking at all the elements, like these things should not work out together. Yeah, like when you laid them bare, you're like, yep, R&B, three-fourths, madrigal. Like those those things shouldn't be in a sentence next to each other. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, like what? No. But it, it, it's, such, it's such a good song. Like I'm... <laughs> I, I I have it on very lightly in 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 the background, like as we're as we're doing the episode, and mm. it's just you, you you gotta love it. You you can't hate the song. It's 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 exactly. It's in it's in a class of its own, and the, it stood the test of time. Even thirty, he's on his thirty oh, year sure. thirty year tour, and people are still like, yeah, kiss from Rose. He's probably like, I do other things, but yes, <laughs> I have more music, but uh, I I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And something else that I thought was interesting that you had mentioned, and I hadn't seen either of them, is that there are two versions of the music video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did not know that. There's the original. There's the, there's the Batman version because, you know, he was in, he was over the credits of Batman forever. So there's the Mm. original version, which is more like theatrical. It's more like there's a kind of a story that he's telling what the exact story is. We, We weren't, we weren't exactly sure. It seems like it was a point mm. of contention. But so the original version is set in a photographic studio and was co-directed by Matthew Rolston and William Levin. The 1966 film Blow Up was heavily referenced in the video. Do you, I've never seen that. I haven't either. I don't know much about Blow Up, but apparently Blow Up is a 1966 mystery thriller. The director's first movie entirely in English and... Mm. The plot was inspired by Julio. Oh, that is a very that is a very Spanish sounding name, but it's a short story called Las Babas del Diablo. So that movie is based on a short story. So in it, it's this guy and which is Seal. It's played by Seal, and he's a photographer taking pictures of this model. And it seems like he's like captivated by her. He's sort of like giving her the eyes from across the room. And at one point they start, they start smooching and it seems like all is going well. And then he's like talking to these other two ladies in the studio. And then the, the first lady that he was smoochy smooching, she like leaves and she like runs away. And she's like, no, he tries to comfort her. And she's like, no, yeah, get away Slaps from me. his hand away. Oh, she leaves. Yeah. <gasps> So, um, and how could he? I know what did what what did he do? Was it because he talked to, mm. the, to those other women? Huh. Mm. Uh, but it's like they're obviously into each other because you know. But yeah, I don't know. I, I would say watch, watch it for yep. yourself and, and let us know what you think. But there's also the second version, which is much more popular. It took me a while to even find the original version on YouTube because it was just like Batman. You like Batman? Hey, Seal was in Batman. Check it out. And it's him and. You know, it's directed by Joel Schumacher, the, you know, the same director, and he's performing the song next to the bad signal. The shot of the shots of him in front of the bad signal, and then also from the original version, it reminds me. It's kind of like that, like R and B soulful singing trope, where he's like, you know, he's in like this, like the leather duster jacket, and he it's like open in the front. And he has his arms spread out wide, and he's like very passionately like mm-hmm. singing to the air. And <laughs> what it reminded me of, which I'm really glad you you watched it, was the uh, was the American dad song, "Daddy's Gone." Yes. <laughs> 
it's it's the song it was from the uh, from the hot tub episode and steve and roger are doing it and like they're <laughs> yeah like they're in the desert they have like six packs they have like what like a white shirt and pants and they're like singing there's like hot like holographic see-through images of themselves and it's like it's super good the guy who does the voice of steve from american dad he does like so many good songs and he's like actually a good singer like i think one of the other ones that mm. i can think of is uh it's like a song called boys 12 oh my god it's great seals performing in front of the bad signal and it has clips from the the, the, the batman forever film it's 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 more it's more well known and uh, the the director of photography of this version of the music video was Neil Abramson. Like I said earlier, it was supposed to be over the love scene, and I think that might have been like too saucy, too serious. It, it, mm, it's yeah. it's it's a little. It is something saucy, Sam. If you want it, it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty saucy. Well, yeah. Yeah. You're the authority on it, so <laughs> I thought I'd you know touch base. But ah, uh, thank you. Check it out in the end credits. It's fun. It's fine. Uh, you, you, may, you know, mainly mainly watching it for the for the clips of, of Batman, but two different music videos. I thought it was a little. I thought it was a little silly. It was a little it, cheesy. It was pretty silly. Well, because he's he's singing there in the rain, just next to the bat signal. Like it's it ta- it takes like the seriousness out of the first version, and it's like yeah, Batman. <laughs> yes. And I think the transition between the clips of the film and the clips of Seal singing are like really funny <laughs> because there's like it'll show Seal like and he's like putting his heart and soul into so passionate chorus and then it like flips to like a clip from the scene where Robin is just like staring at the camera and he's like <gasps> and I'm like watching it and I'm like this feels like a fever dream it's like- it's so <laughs> it's so disjointed like it doesn't like like as if it doesn't go together. Uh, right exactly yeah like you know he'll, he'll just be like singing and like professing his feelings for this woman and then all of a sudden you see like the batmobile rip ass down the street and you're like okay <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> oh my god exactly what kind of rating what would you say about uh about kiss from a rose as we as we come to the conclusion of our discussion <sighs> today mm, out of five or ten out of five no, 10. Out of, Is it out, of, out of 10. Out of 10. It's, it's more precise that way. I would I would give this song, honestly, a 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10? Think, Super solid. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, lyrically, it's interesting enough where it gets people to think, and you can sort of, like, interpret it your own way. Melodically, it's just fantastic. I think it's so interesting how all the parts come together. Mm. This sort of medieval melodic line mixed with the waltz and seal is just absolutely incredible. It kills it vocalist. every time. All right, not for sure. Nine out of ten, though. Yeah, I would have to say just because, just because you know, we, we can't give him a perfect ten. Like obviously, like you know, we gotta mm. leave a little wiggle room. But yeah, I'd say I'd say either either <laughs> either eight point five or or nine. It's it's just yeah, I can't say anything bad about it. No, me too. It is that good, honestly. And I think that's why people are still talking about it to this day. Even though, like you said, he has so many other songs that are fantastic. You should definitely listen to Seal's discography. I'm going to do that now. Oh, yeah. as well right when we leave but i think that's why it just I know, <laughs> i'm gonna make dinner and just put seal on <laughs> i'm okay with it hmm. and i think that's why people are still talking about it today because it's just so iconic and it has made such an indent on the music industry and just the way that songs are made and produced i know 
Oh, um, I, I, I just remembered. We didn't touch on this earlier, but uh, I had no idea that Seal was uh, married to what's what is her Heidi Klum? Heidi Klum. I almost said Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Again. yeah, I didn't know that he was married to Heidi Klum. Yeah, I actually did know that. I don't know why or how I knew that. But I think she was also, maybe not The Voice, she was a judge on some show. I can't remember if it was The Voice or America's Got Talent, I think something like that. But They're no longer but together. Yeah, are they? Okay, that was going to be my question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are They are not. They split. But they, ha- mm. they have kids together. Aw. Yeah. Um, That's nice. But I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, that brings us to to the end of our rope for today. Yes. Oh yeah. So listen to Kiss from a Rose, play it, belt it in the car, and you'll know exactly how we feel. But mm-hmm. as far as our episodes go, you can check us out every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google Podcasts. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Profundo underscore. And on Instagram at Beso Profundo Podcast. And thank you for listening. Yeah, we had so much fun. Thank you for joining us. We 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 both love this song and we're glad that we couldn't share it with you. Mm-hmm. But all right, we will see you guys next week. Bye-bye. See ya later.